Welcome to Basically Famous Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Schuster, and I'm so excited to share stories and interviews with you each week with those who are basically famous in my life. I believe these extraordinary people have great stories to tell, and I can't wait to share them all with you. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Welcome to this week's episode. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Well, welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. I'm very excited today to have Sarah joining me, and we met because you work for the most iconic shoe and pins company, Prefert. Um, when I think of you, I think of blue, blue equipment comes to mind, but on top of that, you're also a photographer and you love travel and just a great person to be around. And I loved getting to know you and then see you in Vegas and get to kind of know you a little bit better. And so to start off, will you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, you did a pretty good job of uh, giving my bio there at the beginning. Maybe I need you to come along with me and introduce me whenever I need it. Um, but yeah, so basically, I, um, I'm from Northeast Texas, uh, Mount Vernon, which is where I actually live. Again, once I took the job with Prefer, I moved back. Um, I left for a little over 10 years, uh, went to college at Tarleton State University, um, kind of bounced around a little bit um, at after that, honestly, and then found my way back to East Texas and um, am now the public relations coordinator for Prefert, like you mentioned, um, which is a ranch and rodeo equipment company. And it has been, I've been with them for three years um, this month. And it's just, it's felt like I've been there forever. So it's been a fun adventure to get to this point. Well, how did you get involved in the agriculture and Western industries? Did you grow up around it or in it? And what really led you to Prefert? Like, how did you end up there? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because I definitely left out a huge chunk of uh, what my background is. Uh, So in East Texas, I was raised on a registered Hereford ranch. Um, My brother and I are actually third generation on my mother's side. Um, And so we were really lucky to um, be introduced in such an amazing um, realm of the like uh, agriculture industry from a really young age. Um, we moved here whenever I was three. My, my mom's parents were here um, and they already had a good herd started. And so we just kind of took off from there, um, showed cattle all from seven years of age all the way until um, I aged out. Um, and so just kind of, that's my background is, is the livestock industry. Um, so, yeah. So what led you to prefer, what did you study at Tarleton that kind of got you there and how did you discover an interest for public relations? That's something I didn't even know you could do till I became an adult. And now I'm very intrigued by that career. Um, what's funny is I was actually planning on going to tech, like basically until a month before I graduated high school, I was going to go to Texas tech. I had everything lined out and then I got a scholarship to an A&M school. Well, I didn't want to go to Texas A&M. So I chose 
Charlton, which is a sister school. Um, and when I went to school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I thought maybe I would want to um, go into the ag sector because, you know, that's kind of where all I knew. And so I started taking ag education classes and quickly realized that I didn't really want to be a teacher. Um, but I am, um, I, I talk a lot and, um, I have an interest in photography and kind of different things that really fell into, um, the category of agcom. And I didn't even know that that was an option, you know? So I, my path crossed with Dr. Ashley at Tarleton. I'm not sure if he was um, still there whenever you got to that point, but, um, I was so lucky that my path did cross with him and that I had classes with him because, um, he just really took me under his wing and he, you know, helped me learn how to take a camera out of manual or out of auto and shoot in manual. Um, I had a little bit of video knowledge from one of my previous classes. And so he taught me how to edit video um, and how to kind of really dive into how to use a camera and how to use audio equipment and fly a drone and all of that stuff. And so I just got really lucky. I just fell into this path and this career. And then, like you said, public relations relations who I, I didn't even know until I ended up in public relations that that's what I was going to be doing. But, um, I graduated and just kind of took off on a path and, um, I went, I worked for Sullivan supply, which is a livestock show supply company. And then I went on to work for ranch house designs, which is an ag marketing company. And I honestly, I thought that was like my end goal. And then once I worked there, I realized, okay, I actually, I like marketing for one company. I want to go and I want to put all of my focus in one basket and um, so I kind of jumped around a little bit from there um, and then I COVID hit and I reached out to a contact that I had at Freefer and I said I don't know if y'all are hiring and he said we're not <laughs> but um, I sent my resume anyway and so he took it on to who's my boss now um, Courtney and said look um, I know we're not hiring but this this is he called me Frankenstein um and we don't find those every single day. And she has now called me, she calls me a unicorn um, because of all of the different pieces that I kind of bring to the puzzle. And I'm like, I like unicorn a little bit better than Frankenstein. So we're hoping that one sticks <laughs> a little bit better. But yeah, in a nutshell, probably not a long story short. Um, that's how I ended up in this role. Um, and I am just so lucky to be, I had no idea that in my hometown backyard, this opportunity existed. Well, what does a day in your life look like? Like, what are some of the roles and responsibilities you have in public relations for Freebird? Um, so it's really hard to say. Uh, whenever somebody asks me what a day at work is like, I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, because it really is something different every single day. Um, you know, just today I went in and I were working on redoing. Um, our website as a whole, but we're doing it in different sections. And so we're working on the horse walker website at the moment. So that was a huge chunk of my day was kind of going through and finding images and working on layouts and, and putting that website together. Um, and then we are also working on implementing a new um, system. And so we had a couple meetings to work through that. Uh, I also run our social media accounts. And so part of my day is, is going through and checking messages um, getting post prepared, uh, for the upcoming weeks. Um, I'm not always really great at scheduling those out. Like most social media managers are, I kind of like to stay current, um, with what's going on in the world and honestly, just kind of what comes to mind weekly. So sometimes I kind of 
probably shoot myself in the foot by doing so. But, um, you know, that's kind of a fun part of my day where I get to kind of turn my brain off and go find some photos that I might want to post about or a product that I want to talk about, um, depending on what part of the year that we're in. So, I mean, a day could look like anything different. Um, I also handle our endorsee relations and our sponsorship um, accounts. And so a day might consist of me taking care of different endorsees and or scheduling out photo shoots or video shoots and just kind of everything in between. So what is one of your favorite memories from work? So you also, you haven't mentioned, you get to go to a lot of things, be around a lot of cool people. Um, so I know like you were in the NFR and you were there, I think all 10 days almost, if not exactly all 10, but you're also, you know, you've been in Fort Worth and you're at things and you, you travel because you're connecting with dealers, but also, you know, your equipment is used at rodeos, plus then your endorsees are competing. So what is one of your favorite memories from all of your work travel? Yeah, like you said, I get to go, I'm, I'm very blessed. I get to go and do a lot of really cool things and meet a lot of really awesome people. Um, but, uh, and yeah, the NFR, I'm actually there for 14 or 15 days, maybe longer. It's two weeks and a few days, some change. So, um, but coolest experience or um like you know opportunity that I've gotten um with my time at Prevert I actually not even a full year in I got to go to Montana um they had what was called the Rigan Rally at the time up there in Darby Montana and we got to go up and me and our videographer um to take some photos and video of the event and just kind of be there and and get some stuff and capture that and um while we were up there, uh, I don't know if you know or not, but Darby is where they actually shoot Yellowstone. So that's where the Chief Joseph Ranch is at, um, that they shoot a lot of the show at. And so we went to go be tourists <laughs> one afternoon and we drove by and, and you can see the ranch and it's beautiful out there. I mean, it's Montana, it's gorgeous. And um, we pull up and it come to find out there is a gate that is the Chief Joseph gate. And then on the inside is the Yellowstone gate. Um, and so, you know, obviously it's like the TV set, so it's not the real gate or whatever. And so we're standing there and we're like, okay, we're going to get pictures. And there's this man watering the lawn and I say lawn, you know, it's all of the acreage that they have and he's up front and we just started talking to him and chatting and he's, um, you know, joking about how tourists will come and they'll jump the fence and they've had to chase people off. And he's joking about, you know, being armed and he's going to, he's like, I'll run people off if I have to and whatever. And we just get to talk in and shake hands and tell him who we are and that we're with Prefert. And he said, Oh, Prefert, I've got some of your equipment over there. Cause we sponsor um, and work with the show. So we've got a squeeze shoe and different items um, on Yellowstone. So whenever they're not in season, he actually keeps the squeeze shoe and the roping shoe and things on, um, on the ranch. And, uh, so, you know, we're just talking whatever, and then we leave. So fast forward the next day, someone comes up to us and says, Hey, the owner of chief, chief Joseph ranch would like to invite y'all out to come take a tour. He, you know, prefer's in town, you know, whatever. And so we're like giddy, you know, so stoked about this. Well, come to find out whenever we show up for the tour and we're talking to this man um who we thought was the groundskeeper owns the ranch <laughs> so since we were standing out front and we just took the time to do the east texas thing you know and talk to this man he invited us back in he took us through the whole set was still set up inside the bunkhouse um so 
we got to like look at things, touch and feel and, and see everything as it is. Um, I even did a little cameo, got in the water tank and uh, took a picture um, like, you know, like a, as if I was Beth Dutton. And so that I think kind of took the cake for um, coolest opportunity or memory um, from work so far. And like I said, I mean, there's been a lot of really awesome moments, um, but that's the like, that's the big one that comes to mind, just kind of right place, right time. Um, and just because I was on a work trip and, and, and have these connections and I worked for Prefert, um, we got invited in and got to see something really cool that not everybody gets to experience. That is so neat. I would have fangirled so hard. I love y'all. So, um, like before it ever really blew up, like when it first came out, my family would, we'd like record it and watch it on Sundays together. And it was like, no phones, no talking. Like my dad is very hardcore about it. So I've always loved it. So that's so cool. Outside of work, um, so intertwined with work, I'm sure you do some photography, but outside of work, you do a little as well. So how did you get into photography? You kind of mentioned Dr. Ashley and he really showed you how to use your camera and how did that kind of foster what became today and your love for photography? So when I was about um, 14 or 15, I was gifted like old school digital camera, you know, back when it was auto that you had that camera in and you put a memory card in and you got the memory card out or you plugged it straight into the computer to get your images off, off of it. And my friends and I used to go out in the pasture and take pictures and just kind of like, I, it just was so much fun to me. I never knew that that was going to involve like evolve into what it is today. But um, my mom got me uh canon rebel whenever i was like a senior i think in high school whenever i got that camera and so obviously i took that off to college with me um and i would kind of take some pictures with my friends for fun um and then i had a few friends ask me to take their senior photos which was kind of after i guess i had started taking photography classes um but uh you know i just kind of always kept up with it and then it kind of became a way to make a little side cash in in college um so I just kind of continued to learn and evolve. And then, like I said, Dr. Ashley really, I mean, he basically took the camera from me, took it out of auto or aperture priority is what I was shooting at the time for anybody that understands photography um, and put it in manual. and was like, we're, this is how you learn, you know, um, just kind of changing the settings and doing everything and, um, you know, just kind of carried on from there and then graduated and continued to every role that I've had has had some photography element to it. So I've only been able to kind of sharpen those skills professionally. And then also I do some portraits and uh, some livestock photography and, and just kind of different things on the side. Well, you have a lot going on. So how have you worked <laughs> to create balance and boundaries? Uh, what is balance and boundaries? <laughs> what does that even mean? Um, no, I, I have learned a little, it's honestly been recently that I have learned how to create a little bit of balance and some boundaries. Um, it took me a long time to know that it's okay to say the word no, um, just because somebody asks you to do it and you might know how to do it and have the skills and know that you'll do a good job. If you're stretched too thin, then it's just going to affect everything in your life. And so you know, I learned that people honestly kind of respect it. If you say, look, I honestly just don't have the capacity for this at this moment. I can maybe take it on in a few months or, you know, it's not going to bother me at all if you'd like to go with somebody else for the time being, because I personally just can't take it on. Or 
you know, I've learned to be able to, to say no to friends. If there's something that I've got FOMO and I want to go do, um, I have learned how to, uh, uh, to say no to that also. And I'm not going to say it gets any easier, (laughs) but I will say that I have learned that if I do set those boundaries, um, and kind of pick and choose what I say yes to when I do, um, I end up being a happier version of myself and a better version of myself. And whenever I can show up or take on some side projects or whatever it may be, I, again, I'm a better version of myself and I'm able to, um, to be a better friend, um, and to be a better employee, honestly, because of it. Well, what is something you do to get inspired, to kind of feel creative? For me, it's getting out of the city, getting back on a ranch, and just being around cattle and the Western way of life. So for you, how do you find inspiration in what you do every day? So I'm kind of the same as you. And I mean, I don't, I used to live in the city, so I lived in Fort Worth and um, it would be kind of getting out of the city um, and coming back home or going to visit one of my friends on their ranch or do something kind of fun and get out and just kind of adventure. But, um, but yeah, it's really just kind of um, the weird thing is like, you know, travel kind of makes people tired, but I feel inspired whenever I travel. Uh, I actually just got home from a trip to um, like a dealer um, network uh, type work trip um, where like we go and we talk with like the buyers. So we're a wholesale distributor um, and then the buyers come and meet with us and whatever. And and so there's a lot of kind of a different atmosphere than what I'm used to trade show wise. And so weird things like that start to just make my brain like it just starts going and I can't stop it. And so I actually came home with like a, a, page full of notes on my phone of different ideas and things that I kind of want to implement and start doing. Um, and so really, um, kind of getting out and being somewhere like out of my zone, my norm kind of helps spark creativity. Um, and I always find myself, uh, I try to go to as many stock shows as I can. I, I part-time work with, um, a livestock photography company. And so whenever they invite me to come out to a different show, um, which I honestly, I have to say no to a lot because, you know, like I said, creating those boundaries. Um, but a, a couple times a year, I try to say yes so that that way I can go to a stock show and kind of be back in the middle of like my world. Um, and every time I leave, just like super jazzed and excited and like ready to go back to my full time job and, and come home and just start just kind of banging out new ideas. So it's crazy as it sounds being on the road and kind of getting out and, and doing stuff like really does like just get me fired up. No, I feel the exact same way. People are always like, you're never home. I don't understand. And I'm like, oh, too many days in the office and I'm not your girl. Like get me out. <laughs> Let me see things. Let me talk to people. Like I want to be shaking hands and kissing babies because that's what I'm good at. Absolutely. So I totally get that. Well, what is one thing if you could go back, you would tell your younger self? Um. So there's actually a couple of things. So if we're looking at it, um, like professionally, the biggest thing that I would go back and tell myself is to do so many more internships than I even considered, um, to kind of start networking a little bit earlier on. I really, if someone said the word network to me back then, I was like, what do you mean? I'm I'm going out, I'm talking to people, but not really the way that I wish I would have. Um, but also at the same time, I mean, I wouldn't change anything about the path that I've been down. I feel like because I didn't take those internships and network early on, I was able to figure out how to do it a little bit older on. And I've still ended up in a really great place. And I don't really know where I would have ended up 
had I done it differently. But that is one thing that I always recommend to um, anyone who's younger than me is to get out there and take internships and make connections and start networking early. Um, but if it was something that I was just kind of talking to my younger self personally, I would um, um, like to tell myself to not take everything so seriously to take risks earlier on and just kind of get out there and be more adventurous and branch out and just not be worried about what other people's like perception of me is or what anyone has to say. You know, I used to be so concerned about making the right impression and doing the right things and just kind of, you know, being like on point with what like everyone deems is like correct for society. And I have come to realize that People, I mean, just absolutely love you for who you are and what you're doing and what drives you. Like everything that makes me just happy as a person, I, I realized that everybody, I mean, it, I, I was worried about nothing for so long. <laughs> and so as soon as I realized I could get out of my, my comfort zone and just really be myself 24 um, seven, my life really just took off for the better. And so I wish I would have learned that if I could go back and tell eight. 18 year old Sarah that then she probably wouldn't believe me and she'd be like I'm just gonna stay in my bubble for a little bit longer but um you know so those are you know kind of a couple of things that I would tell my younger self well those are both such great points literally today I was driving home and I was thinking about I was wondering what one of my coworkers thought of me and then I was like why does that even matter like <laughs> I'm doing my job I'm getting them what they need like it doesn't matter what they think about me and in the grand scheme, like it's not going to matter in five years. So I don't even need to spend five minutes on it. So I love that point. Well, like every episode, we ask the same guests, the same last question. And that's if you had a billboard, what would be on it and why? Well, number one, I can't believe that we're already to the last question because it feels like it's been like five seconds. Um, but it's funny because I, you know, I, I obviously had a chance to think about this one. and. Um, I was like, what would be like, what would be on my billboard? And I have this quote that I like heard or read or something um, a long time ago. And I wrote it down and in my phone, I have just like a bunch of notes that I hold on to. And um, I was like, you know what? This is the time I'm going to share this one. So it's fill what's empty, empty what's full and scratch where it itches. And I think it's just, it's kind of silly, but it's so fitting because you, you know, it's so simple, right? Like you can't, pour from an empty cup you can't add to a cup that's overflowing and then the scratch where it itches just really represents like taking care of yourself you know like what are your needs take care of them and so I think it's such a fun little like play on words and so that um you know and, and, and I mean I could sit here and talk about what I think it means forever probably but um I thought that would be a fun a fun billboard well, I do love that as well. I think our listeners can take a ton away from that. I've taken a ton away from this episode. So thank you so much for sharing your time with us and more about you. I know people are really going to enjoy it and I've enjoyed getting to know more about you as well. Yeah, thank you for having me. This, this was fun. <laughs> I told you it wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Basically Famous. I hope you've been inspired, challenged, and motivated to take on whatever today brings. Please be sure to follow us on social media at Basically Famous Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We'll see you next week.